0: Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message.
1: Thank you so much. Would you please welcome our morning speaker this morning, Pastor Christina Jimenez. Would you do that? God bless you. Good
0: morning. Good morning, everyone. I am so excited to be speaking on Mother's Day. Yes, I'm Pastor Christina Jimenez. I'm the woman's pastor here at the church, and I am honored to speak here today. Thank you, Pastor Farine Barb, for giving me this opportunity to speak again on Mother's Day. It is a true honor. But happy Mother's Day to every mom out there. Yes, let's give them a hand. Happy Mother's Day to you. Now, this is your special day. You are the queen today. It is all about you all about you today. So allow your husbands to spoil you, allow your kids to spoil you, allow your friends to spoil you, allow them to take care of you today. It is your special day and we honor, we honor you. But just like Pastor Perry said earlier, I know that there might be some in this room today that maybe Mother's Day is painful. Maybe you've lost your mother and this is a hard day for you because you come in remembrance of your mom. Or maybe you're here today and you don't have a great relationship with your mom. and Mother's Day might be painful, or bring up a lot of different emotions, or you might be here today, and maybe you've lost a child, and Mother's Day reminds you of something in the past, or something that you know that just brings it to the attention of what that hurt is. Or you might be here today, and you have not been able to become a mother yet. It hasn't happened for you yet, and you have that desire. So my prayer and hope today for you is that you will walk away in courage about the amazing plan God has for you, and today is going to be a special day, and I do pray that the word of the Lord today would minister to your heart. Amen? Amen. I want to honor my mother-in-law. She's here today, so I want to honor my mother-in-law, Connie. Thank you. For uh, being another mom for 20 years in my life, but thank you. I honor you today. Thank you for being here. And then, of course, one of the biggest joys in my life is being a mom. It is the biggest joy in my life. And because it's Mother's Day, And because I'm speaking, I'm going to take a few minutes to brag on my kids, how awesome they are, because I can, because I'm the one speaking on Mother's Day. So I'm going to brag on them for a second. If you could put the, the picture on the screen there. Those are my three kids. Now... Now you guys all know them, I know you've seen them for quite some time, Uh, they've been raised here, but that picture was taken last weekend at our oldest daughter Lexi, she's in the middle, at her national championship sports stunt game, and she has just finished her first year, freshman year at Vanguard University, and she is a business major, and she is quite an athlete, if you guys don't know what stunt is, Google it, look it up, but those are incredible athletes, and I'm a little biased, but I think my daughter is one of them the best out there she is incredible Um, but Lexi stand up I just want to encourage you today for a second that that is my oldest she made me a mom Um, I just want you to know that I'm so proud of you and it is a joy to be your mom it is a joy to be your mom. And I'm so incredibly proud I'm watching you this year as you entered in your college life. Um, just the decisions and growing. And I'm just thankful to be able to see the woman of God that you are becoming. Keep God first and I'm excited to see what God's going to do in your life. And then if you put the picture up again, just so you can kind of show, but my son Jordan, he is just ending his junior year in high school. He is going to be a senior next year at Oak Grove High, and what I love about Jordan is his passion for the Lord, and in the last few years, God has really come a hold of his heart, and God has been tugging in his heart, and he is feeling a call to ministry and worship, and this boy that I'm seeing raised as my husband and i get to see rage his passion for worship and what god is doing in his life is really neat to witness so jordan you stand for right now i'm honoring my kids because i can so i'm gonna do that i'm jordan i'm proud of you i'm proud of the young man that you're becoming keep God first in your life and I am so excited that I get this front row seat to see what God's doing in your life but thank you Jordan for being such a joy to raise you're awesome and then our last Kylie Jimenez everybody mostly will probably know her she is just around serving all the time at the church she serves in the nursery but this little joy woke up at 5 in the morning this morning and made me breakfast and I woke up she had her alarm on and she made me breakfast And uh, I woke up and she had breakfast fully, completely taken care of for me. But everyone that knows uh, Kylie, she's a joy. So Kylie, keep putting God first. God has great plans. And I love your little spunky self. And I can't wait to see what God has for you. But I love you very, very much. So anyway, just wanted to take a little time to share about my kids. I love them. And being a mom is one of the biggest joys uh, in life. And I know that all you moms out there could say the same thing. On, There's just something special about watching your kids grow up and how fast the years go by. Everyone said that in time. And now as I'm walking and I'm, I'm seeing it, wow, I feel like they were all just in kindergarten. And they are growing up. But uh, I love my kids and happy Mother's Day. Well, I'm excited to speak today. And I know the Lord has given me a word for you. And we are going to learn together about a powerful story about a woman named Rahab and how the Lord used her to help Joshua and the Israelites conquer Jericho. And it's a true and amazing story about God's redemption power. So let's get excited, church, as we are gonna explore the word of the Lord together as we see the Lord's redemption power unfold in Rahab's life. And so my message title today is The Story of Redemption let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time, and I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. God, I pray that it would be your words, not mine. Holy Spirit, come and move through me. Let me me be sensitive to your leading, and we thank you for this time. Your name you pray. Amen. If you have your Bible with you or your smartphone, now is the time to get it out. We are going to be using it today. It is not Pastor Christina's words that can change you. It is the word of God that can change you. And that is what we are going to use today in my message. And I'm excited because I know it's going to minister to you. We do have notes today as well. So if you did not receive them when you walked in, the ushers will give those to you. But you can open your Bible to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter Two, and we are going to read together. But before we read in chapter two in Joshua, I want to give you a little backstory of what is going on from this point on up to Joshua two. Forty years earlier is when the Lord delivered Moses and the Israelites from Egypt. The stories are being told all over about the miracles that the God of Israel, from the God of Israel and what what he has done. From delivering the, the Israelites out of Egypt, from parting the Red Sea, and the stories will go on. And the people were hearing about all that the God of Israel had done. And at this point, it's been 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And now Moses had died. And Joshua had been chosen by God to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And it was time to defeat and conquer the land. And Jericho knew that the Israel's army was coming after them, and they were scared. Jericho was shaken in fear of their God. And living in Jericho was a Canaanite woman named Rahab, who was a prostitute in this town. Rahab was known as a prostitute And the town knew what she did It was a woman dealing with hurt, pain, and a past A woman who probably felt like her life had no meaning at all And Rahab, just like everybody else Had been hearing all the stories about the God of Israel And something in her heart knew That their God was different than anything she had ever experienced Her heart was softening She was longing for something different in her life. So Joshua was getting ready to send out secretly two spies to check out the land, and Jericho was one of them. And the Israelites were coming to take over Jericho, the land God had promised them. Little did Rahab know that what was coming would change everything for her. Let's read in Joshua 2. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid on the roof. So the men sent out pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as the pursuers had gone, out the gate was shut was shut. So here is what we need to understand at this point. Rahab's house of prostitution was built into the city walls of Jericho. Easy to get to, very visible, and I can imagine on a day to day basis her life being in a very public light. It was not uncommon for her to get visitors coming to her house, it was known what her house was for. But she gets this knock on the door. Now, these two spies who were secretly trying to blend in, can we be honest, they were bad spies. They were not good spies because immediately as they entered Jericho, the king was told. But it was no accident that those spies went to that house those spies were led by God. So what did Rahab do? She took them in. (laughs) This woman has audacity in a day and age where women were considered cattle and property and did not have a voice. She takes this most incredible stance. She hides these men on her roof. Why would she do that? What a risk She knew these were the Israelite army, and that they were coming to destroy the land she lives in. Why would she do that? And then here comes another knock. It was the king of Jericho's shoulders. In that moment, can you imagine what she was thinking? "I am busted!" Here I am. I am uh, going to do what something in me feels like I'm supposed to do. And I'm busted. She was busted. Have you ever been busted before? Have you been busted before? I could think of um, in my 20s at a time in my life where I might have gotten a few speeding tickets. Now, it was in my 20s. But before I start to share this story, I want to say there are two people in this room today. One, there are those of you who speed, running late all the time, have no patience, do not let people in, and you don't really care, and you're the ones who don't get the tickets. <laughs> but then there are another person, which is me, who doesn't run late, who most of the time doesn't ever speed, stops at stop signs, I let people in. And we're the ones who get the tickets, okay? So somehow, about 15 years ago, when I was pregnant with Kylie, that was a time, I had just, I was like a magnet for police to pull me over. And I am a good person. People that know me know. I am a good person. But somehow, I was getting pulled over. So I'm at the spot in my life where I already had one ticket. I went to traffic school, paid the money, feel like I threw it in the trash. That's what you feel like when you pay your tickets. And then I went to traffic school and I got it off my records. I'm like, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. About a week later, after I did the traffic school, I'm driving on Laguna Boulevard. I get pulled over again, and I don't even remember how, I, I don't even remember, like, how fast I was going. I, I guess I was going. I don't know. I got pulled over for speeding. The officer comes to my car. I'm thinking to myself, maybe I should cry right now. He might get me away, or maybe I just say, I don't really know, officer, but no, I, I was busted. I asked me, you know, they always ask that question. Do you know why I pulled you over? Well, yeah, I was speeding, and all this stuff, so I go through that time, so then the next day, I called my friend. I was talking to my friend, and her husband was a cop, at the time, in Oak PD, actually, at the time. And he, she said, you know, and this was 15 years ago. So she said, you know, the police officers, it's not in their hours to go to the court hearing, so you should go try to fight it. Usually they don't show up. Just go and try to fight it. And you could probably, you don't have to pay it, it would get off your record. I'm like, oh, I could do that. So I am going to go and try to fight this ticket. Even though I know I I was speeding, I'm thinking well maybe the officer won't show up. So I go to the court date and I'm going in and I'm feeling pretty good. This officer, it's been, you know, because it's kind of a long time from the court date, so maybe it's been a month or so or whatever how long they give you. I'm thinking he forgot. He has forgot. He is not going to be there. So I go in, I sit down and what do I see? The cops all coming in. And there's that one cop that I know was the one that pulled me over. Then, you know, I don't know if you've ever done it. Well, probably because you weren't as dumb as I was. They have you stand up, and they say, Christine, how do you plea? And as soon as I did that, I look over the cop, and he's like. (laughs) I'm all guilty. I mean, that's all I could say. So pretty much wasted a day to go to the court just to know that I am guilty. So, if you had a good experience with it and your cop didn't show up, I don't want to hear the story. So, um, we're good. But yes, I was busted. So, here is Ram. The moment she opened the door, she protected the spies. She pretty much sent those men on a goose hunt looking for those spies. Why did she do this? Why Did she take such a risk? In verse 8, Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all of you who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sahon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, who you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Here is why Rahab took such a risk. Rahab risked it all because she believed in the God of Israel. Israel. Rahab risked it all because she believed in the God of Israel. Her faith looked at the scenario when everyone around her didn't. She believed. Not knowing the outcome of what that meant by her hiding the spies, she chose to believe. Now I want you to calculate this for a minute. As I was studying for this message, something just kind of sparked out at me that around 40 years prior to this, in Numbers 13 we read that there were 12 spies who Moses sent out to look at the land that God had promised and and they were going to conquer. And 10 of those spies came back and said, There are giants in the land and we can't take it. And then now there is this one prostitute who declares we have a giant God who is about to defeat this darkness. And in that moment, everything changed for her. See, Rahab heard all the stories and then believed. Do you believe, church? You see, Rahab heard and believed and then moved in faith. Rahab's belief and faith in their God caused her to move in faith she had complete faith in God that he was going to take care of her even when she didn't know the outcome how many have been there where you've, you've had to uh, believe and, and move in faith trusting and knowing the Lord has it even when you don't know the outcome you see we have the word are you willing to take a risk like Rahab did for God? Are you willing? Do you have faith like Rahab? Let's continue in verse 15 where we see the heart of this story. Verse 15. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself there three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, the oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied the scarlet cord in the window in which you had let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into the house, if any of them go outside your house into the streets, their blood will be on their own hands. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them but if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied, let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed as she tied the scarlet cord on the window. And when they left, they went in the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, for to the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told them everything that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Now I want you to look at this scarlet cord. When Joshua's spies put this in Rahab's hands, I believe prophetically they were looking back and prophetically they were looking forward. You see, in the Bible, there is always a scarlet thread of redemption. And the word redemption means this, to buy something back or to restore it to its original intent. I'm gonna say that again. Redemption means this, to buy something back or restore it to its original intent. In God's economy, redemption happened when an animal or lamb was spilled out and the blood of the animal was poured out and atoned for the sins of that person. And instead of that person dying, just like in the pagan idolatry did, the lamb would die in place of that person. So this garlic cord looked back at the Passover. And you see, 40 years before this day, those Israelites would come out of Egypt because the blood of the lamb was on the doorpost and they were covered under the blood. And so as they handed this scarlet cord, they said, we want you under the blood. Put this on your window. When we come, we will see that. And you and your family will be delivered because you are under this scarlet cord but this also looked forward to the cross of Jesus Christ the Lamb of God who was ordained before the foundations of the world who would come and his blood would be spilled out so that we can enter into Christ and be under the blood of the Lamb and be
1: delivered
0: from sin and death and rescued from our enemy you see this scarlet cord represents God's mercy and forgiveness in Rahab's life this scarlet cord represents God's mercy and forgiveness in Rahab's life so as she hung her scarlet cord she took the scarlet cord put it out she didn't care if the king saw it but she knew the king of glory would see it That's all she was worried about at that point. She knew the king of glory would see it. So Rahab put out that scarlet cord. And she waited. And she waited. And she waited. Let's read in Joshua 6 about Rahab's redemption. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Joshua into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city wall, city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of rams, horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound along blasts on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. Now remember this church, Rahab and her family are in this house at this time, which is in the city walls. Rahab didn't know what the plan was. She had no idea what the plan was. She didn't know how long this was going to take. She didn't even know if this plan would work. Could you imagine her listening and watching as she's seeing them march, not knowing Oh, what's going to happen? But I could see her saying, I trust you, God. I believe in you, God. I trust you, God. I believe in you, God. Rahab waited just like she was told to do. And in verse 20, it says this, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, when the man gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. The walls came down. God defeated the enemy. But there was one small portion that remained and stood still. Because remember, Rahab's house was in the city wall, and it was the house of Rahab. She was under the blood. In verse 22, Joshua said to the, men, the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with her oath to her. So the young man who had done that spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them out in a place outside the camp of Israel. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her. Because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Rahab was rescued. Church, aren't you glad that we serve a God that saves those with the past? Church, aren't you glad glad that we serve a God that uses those with the past? Aren't you glad that we serve a God that redefines those with the past? We serve a redeeming God today. Amen? Amen. And I want to leave you today with three points on how I believe Rahab, Rahab teaches us about our Lord. One. Rahab teaches us about our Lord, that when God redeems you, he sets you free. I want you to imagine that over 2,000 years ago, when Jesus went to the cross, fulfilling the scarlet thread of redemption that weaves throughout the Bible, imagine how it was real blood coming from his hands, real blood coming from his feet. blood coming from the crowns of Thor that has been pushed on his skull. That scripture says, He saw you and that you are worth dying for. He loves you and he wants to redeem you today and set you free. He wants to set you free. Here is what Rehob teaches about our Lord too. When God redeems you, he changes your identity. Rahab's name was always known as prostitute. That's what she was known as. It was Rahab the prostitute. It was known what her house was for. It was known what she did. It's what she chose to do. It's what she was known. But you know what's so amazing? That Rahab would come out of Jericho where she had been abused and used and defiled. But she entered the family of God. And do you know what she became? She married a man named Salmon who was the prince of the Hebrew people and was from the clan of the tribe of Judah. Rahab went from prostitute to princess. Amen. And so when it comes to Jesus, this is what he says. You are not that person anymore. You are not what has been done to you. You are not what you have chosen to do. You are not what the world has labeled you. You are who he says you are. He calls you beloved. He calls you forgiven. He calls you chosen. He changes your identity. He changes your identity. Here is what Rahab teaches us about our Lord. When God redeems you, He changes your destiny. What I love about Rahab's story is she did not come out of the deliverance and destruction and then go up and set up another house of prostitution. She didn't get delivered and all that and then went back to the same lifestyle. No. She did not do that. She goes, she gets married, and she had a son. And do you know who her son was? Her son was Boaz. Those that know that story in the Bible were raised in it. You know, there's a phrase that a lot of women say, oh, if God would bring us that Boaz, God would bring me that Boaz, a man like Boaz, because he was known to be very godly. He was known to be very godly. So this former prostitute raised one of the godliest men in the Bible. Her faith changed everything. God redeemed her destiny. And that's a word for some of you moms out there. God can redeem your destiny. And while Boaz married a, a, a woman named Ruth, they had some kids. And Ruth became the grandmother of King David. You heard of him? This means Rahab was the great grandmother of King David. Now fast forward, we see in Matthew 1, it shows the genealogy of Jesus Christ all the way back. And here in Matthew 1, 5 or 6, shows the genealogy back to King David. It says this, Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. And it starts to list everyone down up until our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so in the Holy Word of God begins to list the lineage of our savior he is not ashamed to say that god redeemed a girl and used her for his story for his glory and here is what i want you to know today he would do the same for you see when god redeems you he sets you free when god redeems you He changes your identity. When God redeems you, He changes your destiny. If you're able, will you stand with me today? I'm not sure what you're facing today and how you walked in, but God's redeeming power is in this place and He wants to meet you right where you're at. He wants to set you free today. In the next few minutes, as we're here, I want you to allow God to minister to your heart this morning. Allow him to speak to you. Speak to your God. Allow him to touch you as I sing and pray this prayer over you.
1: circumstances would change, I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. Sings every promise He is faithful to keep I speak the name No grave could have my home He is greater He is stronger He's the God of possible I pray for your healing The circumstances would change I pray that the fear and sigh Would flee in Jesus Free for a break! Touch in this place.
0: God, I pray for each person in this place that's hurting. Meet them where they're at. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name. God's redeeming power is in this place, church. And before we dismiss today, I want to give a chance for anyone in this place who has not given their life to Jesus Christ yet. The Lord wants to redeem you today and set you free just. Like he did for Rahab. So if you're here today and you say, that's me, that's me. I need, I need Jesus in my life. I can't do this anymore on my own. Maybe you're here today and just like Rahab, she was feeling the stirring and knowing, oh, that God is different. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling something's different and I need that. Maybe you're here today and you're knowing, I need Jesus. I need that redeeming God in my life. So I want to pray this prayer for you. And Harvest Church family, if you would join with us today as we pray this prayer. If you all will repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness in my life. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust And follow you as my Lord and Savior for as long as I live. Amen. 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 If that was you today and you received Christ, we want to know. I want to meet you. I want to know who you are because we want to be there with you. As you learn what it is to be a follower of Christ, there is a card right in the seat in front of you that you can have and where you can say that I accepted Jesus or if you're watching online there's a place online where you can say I said yes we want to know who you are because we want to help you grow we want to help you learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ I thank you for coming today and accepting Jesus as your Lord it's a change that will be forever changing in your life amen amen if you receive the Lord amen 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 we thank you Jesus
1: thank you for joining
0: us once again for this week's sermon podcast We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and
1: subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.